Hello, Centerway Church. It is so good to be together today. I'm Eric. And I'm Meredith, and we are here to welcome you and give you some information to start off our gathering today. So hello to everyone joining us, whether you're watching live or joining us later in the week, and hello to any watch parties joining us live today. Also a very special welcome to any guests with us for the very first time. We are so glad that you're here today. Over the next couple of minutes, we're gonna share some information that we hope helps you navigate and enjoy your first visit with us. We hope to meet you in person soon, but as you visit online today, we trust that you still feel at home here. You can learn more about us on our website if you have any more questions. Mm -hmm. If you're gathering live on Sunday, there are some ways for you to engage on the online platform. You can share your information with us and that'll just help us to follow up and get feedback from you. You can also explore next steps and find previous messages. And if you call Center Right Home and would like an easy way to give, there's a tab to do that. At any time during the gathering, you can request prayer and one of our hosts will answer you privately in a separate chat. Now, if you're watching or listening later in the week, many of the things that I just mentioned can happen through our website. If you would like to connect with us after this gathering, if you have questions, feedback, if you need prayer, please just email us at connect at centerwaychurch.com. In addition to emailing us, you can check out our social media and access the resources on our website. Now, if you visit the messages page, you're gonna find all of our messages, including one just for kids. Uh, they'll sing the same songs and hear from the Bible in a kid-friendly way. Our kids will learn from the same scripture text that we adults do, so if you have any kids in your home, you'll be able to discuss the application and grow together. Also on that page are resources related to the messages like images to put on your devices, links to the Spotify playlist uh, for this series, and access to the Monday, Wednesday, Friday devotionals that our team creates. If you'd like to receive those devotionals directly to your inbox instead of going to the website, you can subscribe on the Next Steps page. Well, I think that about does it for engaging online today. We have had an incredible summer in so many ways. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had lots of opportunities to gather in person and we are in an amazing series in the book of Isaiah. And actually today is week 12 and we're wrapping up that wow. series, if you can believe that. Mm -hmm. um, but even as we conclude this summer breakthrough series, our prayer for you will continue to be that you experience breakthrough in many, many areas of your life. For sure. And we are really looking forward to what's next for Centerway. Now, yes, we have a brand new series starting next week as we return to the book of Mark. And that really is exciting, but also we have got a big announcement for you. Mm -hmm. You'll be hearing more about that next Sunday at our in-person gathering, and we are so looking forward to sharing the news next week. We cannot wait to be together in person on Sunday the 19th at 10 a.m. And this in-person gathering is actually special in another way as well. It is, Eric. It is special because it is also our three-year celebration. Ooh. Yes, we are so excited. Crazy that it's been three years, right? Mm -hmm. um, in case you're new here, though, celebration is actually one of our because and therefores. And so we value and prioritize celebrating God's faithfulness together. Right. So we'll gather outdoors to hear the message and then worship. And afterwards, we'll enjoy a free lunch with our food truck friends that if you've been to past celebrations, you will know. Um, and just then be able to hang out for the afternoon. So it's going to be a great day. I'm not going to go all into all the details right now. Uh, so if you want to find all that out, the times and everything, please check out the calendar page of the website for more information. It is going to be a great day. We cannot wait to see you there. Now here's what to expect for the rest of the gathering. Charlene will be reading the scripture text for us. Claude will be communicating from the Bible. And then we'll close out the gathering with some ways to respond in worship. Now here's Charlene reading the text for today. Morning, Centerway. My name is Charlene, and I'll be reading the scripture today. It's taken from Isaiah chapter 12, verses 1 through 6. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. 
I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Hello and welcome. My name is Claude and my wife Meredith and I are the lead pastors here at Centerway Church. Really excited that you have the opportunity to be with us this morning as we conclude Summer Breakthrough. Uh, the series is coming to an end, which seems impossible, um, but today's message specifically is entitled Everything. Summer Breakthrough everything. Um, as we draw this series to a close, um, I'm reminiscent of an experience that I had uh, near the last year uh, I was home uh, as a teenager. So I was graduating from high school. And as was typical then, as we would kind of go around to different friends' graduation parties and uh, eat the free food and just kind of hang out with some friends. And uh, we were at one person's home and uh, we were kind of hanging out and uh, just having fun. We're swimming, doing all all this stuff at a you know graduation party and he went to a different school district than I did and he said hey I'm gonna go to a friend's house for their graduation party you guys want to come and so for some reason that was normal it's kind of weird now because I, I just got in the car and went but I didn't know anybody there and so here I am at a graduation party and no absolutely no one um, I think it was a girl that he was either dating or that he liked or something like that or maybe it was just a friend but in either case we're at this girl's graduation party and uh, we're sitting there and all of a sudden uh, someone's pulling in and the party was it was either concluding or not started yet. I don't really have a lot of recollection. I just remember it was a small group of us and the car pulling in was her parents. And uh, she said, oh, what the heck? My, it looks like my mom and dad bought a new car. And uh, so they pull in and they get out and she's like, did you get a new car? And they're like, yeah, we just figured, you know, with you going off to college and everything that, you know, you'd probably need to, need to borrow a car to drive around to kind of get around and everything. So it just kind of makes sense. She's like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. And so she starts like screaming and like jumping up and down. Her friends are around her and they're all like doing that unison jump. You know what I mean? If you've ever seen that, like, yay. <laughs> um, that would be kind of funny if Meredith came up here and we just jumped together to illustrate that. I don't know why I pictured it, so I felt like I should say it. Otherwise, I would have kept picturing it. So in either case, they're kind of jumping around and they're laughing and giggling and uh, they're all excited. And I'm like, I don't even know you people, but I'm happy for you. And um, it was this really loud and expressive moment. And I am not a super demonstrative uh, person when I'm excited about like a gift or or even like good news that's like, people expect me to have a reaction on um, because I always feel like my reaction will not be adequate. So one of my worst nightmares would be uh, to be at like my birthday party or a Christmas gathering or something and someone to give me a gift and ask me to open it in front of them. Um, I just hate that because I feel like it's a lose-lose. You know, I open it like, oh my gosh, I really like it. And you can see on their face that they're like, do you really though? Like, you don't, you don't seem super excited. And then I'm like, no, I really like it. I really do. And then I start thinking, now I feel like they think I'm trying to convince them that I like it. And then they start looking like, 
Are you trying to convince me that you like it? Because then they start saying things like, I, I have the receipt if you want to return it. And I'm like, no, 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 I like really like it. So I just feel like I'm on spectacle. I can never show my appreciation or excitement enough. So it's just this weird moment for me. And I don't have a lot of moments <laughs> in my life where I feel awkward, but that is one of them. And so I just remember seeing them jump up and down and screaming, yelling. And I just, I, I bring up that story as an illustration to ask this question. How do you celebrate good news? How do you celebrate good news? I'm confident that there's a million different answers to this question, and there are so many different types of people that are watching and listening, myself included. We've got people that are jumping up and down screaming, and then myself that is like, that's really exciting. I'm super happy, and I mean it. I'm just saying it rather than like jumping around. So I want to challenge you not to think about how it is that you specifically celebrate. I want you to think about kind of more of a broad and less specific answer to the question. Let me submit to you this. How you celebrate good news reveals just how good the news really is, or it reveals the depth to which you understand how the good news actually impacts you. All right, so think about that for a second. Uh, if, if you kind of, however it is that you celebrate, reveals how good of the news is, right? So to somebody that jumps up and down and acts to, demonstratively um, to them, you know, this is showing for, for the way they react that this is really good news and that they, they understand the depth of it. Uh, to me, me stating like, wow, that's, that's amazing. I'm, I'm really happy about that. Thank you. I'm demonstrating my version of a, a celebration of what it is that I understand to be good news. So regardless of how you respond, the broader reality is how you react is connected to how much you understand and how much it actually impacts your life. So good news, uh, of course, is connected to how much you fully understand even the implications of how it alters your life. So if we go back to this story, they're jumping up and down and they're like, yay. And so her dad gives her the keys to the car they pulled in. in. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, do you not understand what's happening? And she's like, what? And he's like, We're, we just told you, this is, it's a graduation gift. And she goes, what is? He's like, the car. And she goes, wait, your old car? And he goes, no, the car we just pulled in, we bought a new car for you to take to college. This is your car. We just bought you a car. And then she went from like jumping up and down cheering to like, she started shaking. I remember her holding the keys and being like, <sighs> and she starts like crying and stuff. And then you're like, oh. Isn't it interesting that there's this level of gratitude and excitement over good news, but then when you understand, like, wait, there's even better news, like this is really incredible, that all of a sudden her reaction is not a demonstrative jumping down and screaming, her actual celebration to really good news that she fully understands and gets the implications in her life results in silence, shaking, and even tears. So. I'm telling you that to say sometimes we don't understand the depth of good news. So it's not about how our reaction changes from person to person or personality to personality. It's more about the idea of us understanding the depth of good news and how it actually impacts our lives, how it is that we respond. You see, we celebrate to the degree that we understand our life is actually altered. So 
there's a, a blanket way in which we respond. So I'm not talking about how we express it. I'm talking about us responding with the depth of an understanding of how our life is altered. Oh my gosh, this changes everything. Chapter 12 of Isaiah is a short psalm of praise for God's saving work for us in and through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Now, there's levels in which you understand that. There's levels in which we understand that within our mind. There's levels in which some of us are engaging today and we're not sure we believe that. Um, Maybe we understand the concept, but we just don't believe that it's true. Or we believe that it's true and we haven't really allowed that reality to settle into our heart. Or maybe we have, but we haven't realized how it alters everything. You see, there's different degrees of understanding when it comes to good news. How much we understand the implications of that reality, what it is that Jesus has done, impacts our response to the good news of the gospel. To the good news of the gospel. Again, I'm talking about a broad concept. Try to try not to go deep into the specifics because I think there's a temptation when it comes to not just celebration around um, birthday parties and gifts and things like that, but even in Christendom, that there's this expectation that if you really understand who Jesus is, then you'll act this way, that you'll respond this way, that these are the words you'll say, that this is the the motions that you're going to go through. And we can become kind of like actors in Christendom where we act the right way because we know the appropriate response. But the truth is, all of our responses will be different. The question is, do we understand the depth of the implications of the good news of the gospel? So think about that for a second. How much we understand the implications of what Jesus has done for us impacts our response to the good news of the gospel. It means, do you think and live like you understand the gospel? Do you realize that it alters everything? It changes the way you deal with other people, the way you deal with how people even hurt you, the way you deal with your finances, the way you deal with decisions that could become polarizing and you realize that God has placed you there to be a peacemaker or uh, someone that can communicate the gospel on mission because it's altered your life. See, verses one through two of chapter 12 say this, you will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid for the Lord God is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. You got to remember the journey of Isaiah and all of the different chapters that we've experienced up until this point, there's this awareness that although there is this constant struggle with an awareness of who God is and the grace that he's extended, that now in the midst of of an understanding of God's wrath towards sin, that we have the ability to, to be free that the truth of the gospel is being revealed, that in order to, to get the good news, we need to understand the problem. Isaiah has gone on the journey of explaining the problem over and over again in different ways. And here showing like, listen, we understand the problem now. And because we understand the problem, we can truly rejoice and be changed with the good news of the gospel. These verses clearly point 
to the propitiation Christ worked. Now, I know propitiation is like a theological SAT word. So I want to kind of describe it a little bit because you may hear it from time to time. And propitiation basically means appeasing God. It means that, that there's a, a sin debt that needed to be paid. That, that we have a sin debt that we simply cannot pay in and of ourselves. Some of us are still trying to pay that debt through good works and moral living and going through the motions of what we think a response to the good news of the gospel should be. That's why some people say, oh, I tried being a Christian. It was just too hard. They don't get it. They don't get it. If you're in that tension of behavior modification, then you're wrongly understanding what it is that's actually taking place. You're jumping up and down and saying, yay, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, but you're not really understanding the depth of what changes everything. There's a moment of celebration, but it's a confused one. It doesn't under, it, you don't understand the depth of what's really taking place. You see, it can be exhausting to try to, to do good works, to be a moral person and never be good enough. At every turn, realize that you're still wicked in and of yourself, that you still make the wrong decisions, that as much as you say you'll never do that again, whatever the that is, that you return to it over and over again. You don't understand the depth of the problem. You know, there's a, um, uh, an opportunity that we had recently as a family to, to get away for a little mini vacation. We went to a beach and we were kind of spending time at the beach. We're at the ocean and it was just, it was great. It was great. We love being at the beach. And as we're sitting there, I was in a chair and I'm in a chair at this little inlet where, um, water's kind of pouring in into the ocean. It's kind of like a, like a storm drain or something. And there's some kids that are playing there. And as the tide is out, the kids are setting up like little castles and stuff. And uh, not my kids, my kids are out surfing in the waves and stuff like that. But there's younger kids there and they're building little sand castles and stuff. And uh, the father comes over because the tide starts to come in. And he walks over and says, hey, hon, you should probably stop playing here because you're going to build something. The water's going to wash it away. And so he tries to pick up some of the toys and she's super young. And she's like, no, mine, mine, me, me. And she's, you know, me. And she's like pulling the buckets out of his hands. So he's like, all right. And so she's sitting there and sure enough, the ocean comes up and washes part of her little castle away. And she gets kind of hysterical. And so she starts yelling and screaming and crying and stuff. And he says, listen, you need to move up. You need to move up here by me and mommy. And she's like, no, me, me, me. And she grabs her toys and brings them back to that spot. And she gets this wonderful idea. She gets this little shovel and she digs a little trench about this deep and this far because clearly that will stop the ocean, you know? And so she digs this little trench and of course the ocean comes up and laps and just washes it away. And she's just devastated and frustrated and the father comes over is trying to give her perspective and she sticks the shovel straight up and down right in front of her castle as if this little shovel is gonna hold back the power and strength of the ocean. And sure enough, the ocean comes up and washes this little uh, shovel away and she has to run after it and she's just devastated. She's absolutely devastated because she thinks she has the ability to stop the ocean. She has no perspective on the situation. She doesn't understand the depth of the problem. Her father's trying to give her perspective and she's trying to do it herself. Sound familiar? 
We're, we're simply going through the motions of life and at every turn we're, we're complaining and we're trying to hold back something as powerful as the ocean. We're trying to work out our own salvation. We're trying to fix our own problems. We're shaking our fists at God and we're saying, no, me, me, me. And he's saying, let me give you perspective. And we're like, no, I've got it. I think I've figured this one out, God. But the reality is we don't understand the depth of the problem. You see, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus atoned for our sins. He appeased the debt, propitiation. He paid for our sins. His sacrifice on the cross appeased God. Our debt is paid. It's paid. We don't have to strive. We don't have to conjure things up. The debt has been paid. You see, the good new, the good works and moral living don't bring us to right standing with God. You can be the best person you can be and you can do all the good works and that's great and people should do those things, but they don't bring us in right standing with God. Jesus has brought us into right standing with God. His sacrifice, his death has done the work that needs to be done. And the outflow, the fruit of what it is that that Jesus has done and a life submitted to Jesus, the outflow of that is good works and moral living. You see, we have it backwards. We think we have to be good enough and do good enough so that we can get closer to God. But the reality is, as we get closer to God, the outflow is a natural expression. You see, we can love others because we're loved. We can extend grace because grace has been awarded to us. We can forgive others because of what we've been forgiven of. We have to understand not only the depth of the problem, but the reality of the good news of the gospel and not a moment of celebration, but a, but a life that has literally been changed entirely. So what should our response be to what Jesus has done? What does it look like to to celebrate, if you will? Well, here you go. Verses four through six say this, and you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known to all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. You see, did you see that? Did you you see what verses four through six are talking about? Did you catch it? Our response, our our celebration of the good news of the gospel, if we really get it, not if we kind of surfacely understand, not not the, the moments where we kind of be like, oh, Praise God, right? That's good news. And I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm guilty of that myself, of of just experiencing the surface interaction of God where it's like, hmm, that's good. That is good. But the problem is when it's just good at surface, then when it gets bad, is God no longer good? You see, if you have a, a surface understanding of the gospel, then your relationship with God is surfacy. And so therefore, your interactions with God are situational instead of life-altering. So when things are difficult, you question whether or not God is a good God. And things are painful, we wonder whether or not we've been forget- forgotten by God. When there's moments that we feel alone, we actually wonder, are we loved or known? You see, we have to understand not only the depth of the problem, but the depth of the solution that's been worked out so that we can truly celebrate what it is that Jesus has done. Our celebration, if we really get it, our response, according to this text, should be worship and missional living. Worship and missional living. Let me reread verse 5. 
Verse 5 says, sing praises to the Lord for he has done gloriously. It's done. We're celebrating because of that which he has done. He has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Missional living. So we, we worship God. And, and because we're so transformed by what he has done, we can't help but make others know. Make it be known in all the earth. Get this. This song is called for not as an expression of feelings. We're not singing praises to the Lord as an expression of feelings, but as a response. A response to what? A response to, to getting our way? A response to, to things being easy? Oh, God, we're just going to worship you because I've got money in my wallet and whew, I love my job. So now you're worthy of praise. No, it's a response to the work of God that is already done. So therefore, our worship can't be conditional. It can't be based on today's circumstances. We worship not because of our situation or our circumstances, but because he is worthy. Because he's worthy. So that means that we worship sometimes with with tears running down our cheeks and saying, God, I I don't know how I'm going to make it through this, but I know you are a good God. I know that you love me and I don't see the perspective and I don't understand where this is headed. And honestly, if I, if I could change some things, I would change it. But nonetheless, your will, because you are big and I am small, because you know and I am uncertain, because the problem is the size of the ocean and I think I can solve it with a little <laughs> shovel in the sand, but you have a better perspective. God, would you transform me? I'm going to worship you because you're worthy. I'm going to thank you in the midst of trials and difficulties because it doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change my love for you, God, because God's love is not changed by our behavior. He loves us desperately, so much so that he went to a cross while we were his enemies. While we were his enemies. That's how much he loves you. Scripture says that he wove you together. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He has a plan and a purpose for you. There, there's, there's more things for you to, to be about in this world. There's a mission. There's a purpose. God has a plan for you. He desperately loves you. Not, not us, you. He knows your name. He has a plan and purpose and will for you. Your best days are ahead, not as some cliche, but because God has a purpose and a plan for you. He loves you desperately. This verse, it says, let this be made known. Verse five, let this be made known. That is a passive participle in the original Hebrew. It's a passive participle, which means this. It means this must be made known. Now that sounds like, wait, aren't you saying the same thing? A passive participle means that by, by a natural progression, it's a byproduct or an outflow. In other words, because of what God has done, the natural reality, you don't have to conjure it up. You don't have to put effort through it. If you really understand it, the natural byproduct is that you will make things known. If you understand the gospel, you will live on mission. It will transform everything. It's an outflow. So if we put it together, it means we don't celebrate and worship because of a breakthrough in our lives. No. Worshiping and living on mission is the breakthrough. It is the breakthrough. 
That's, that's what we do. We, we worship God because he's worthy to be praised. And that in the midst of that worship, in the midst of that sacrifice of praise, have you ever been in a place where, where it's like, man, this is a sacrifice to be worshiping right now because I'm broken. I don't know that I can, can really extend any more energy. It's in those moments, that's when you have the breakthrough. Don't miss it. When we worship and live on mission, God gives us perspective and transforms us. He transforms our hearts. If you need a breakthrough, no matter the area, whether it's financial, personal, emotional, whatever the breakthrough is that you need, increase your proximity to Jesus. If you increase your proximity to Jesus and in the midst of of the difficulty of the moment, just say, okay, God, I'm going to leverage everything to you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust your voice. Even though I even though I think that this shovel might be able to stop the ocean, even though I think that if I dig a trench deep enough, I can, I can stop the tide, God, I'm going to trust your perspective. I'm just going to continue to trust the voice of my Heavenly Father. If we really understand the gospel, if we truly do, then it changes everything. It changes everything. We say every week that the text requires something of us. And so I want you to ask yourself this question. How will I prioritize worship this week? How will I prioritize worship this week? I know I talked about song because the text is talking about song, but it's talking about song in the context of worship as a whole, as, as a larger level. In other words, what does it look like to extend worship to the Lord beyond just singing? And of course, singing is part of that, as you hear every week and you'll even probably hear this week. Singing is part of that but worship extends beyond it. So how will I prioritize worship this week in light of the gospel, in light of what Christ has done, understanding the depth of the problem and the reality that he is the only solution? How will I prioritize worship? For some of us today, prioritizing worship means submitting to the truth and the depth of the reality of the gospel and surrendering our lives to the person and work of Jesus. If that's you out there, if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus and you want to today, It's as simple as praying a prayer. And it doesn't have to be a rote prayer or specific words you repeat. Wherever you find yourself, whether you're watching live or listening afterwards, you can simply pray a prayer that acknowledges the depth of the problem. Lord, I am a sinner. I'm a sinner and left to myself, I'm headed towards hell. But Lord, I know that you died for me. Would you forgive me my sin? Come and be the Lord and leader of my life. I wanna live for you. Some variation of that prayer In fact, if you are with us live, I want to encourage you to to click on the request prayer button. If you do that, it'll put you in a private chat with one of our hosts, and we can talk to you about the next steps of the decision you just made. If you're watching or listening later, please email us or look on our website and reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you about the next steps so that this just isn't a momentary decision, but it's the beginning of a journey of surrendering your life to the Lord. For others of us that have prayed that prayer in the past, and have have acknowledged that Jesus is the Lord and leader of our lives, I want to encourage you, what does it look like for you to prioritize worship? Maybe it means engaging in worship for the first time. Maybe it means the song aspect of worship. Maybe for the first time, you're going to risk singing the words and connecting the words that are sung to your heart and realizing this isn't just emotion I'm going through because I'm connected to a a community of believers or a a church that's leaning towards following Jesus, but I'm going to actually understand the depths of the words I'm singing. 
Maybe it means prioritizing worship in the context of your time, your talent, or your treasure. Saying, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worship you with my time. I'm going to leverage who I am and the gifts that you've given me towards your glory and honor. This is your treasure, God. And so have what it, with you, have what you will and use it for the furtherance of your kingdom. Having a heart of gratitude in the midst of the hard might be how you prioritize worship. Some of the most difficult moments in my life are marked with moments that I felt like the Lord was convicting me and, and challenging me to say, am I still good? In the midst of this pain, am I still good? And I can think of moments that I just found a quiet spot and raised my hands and just worshiped the Lord and said, God, I, I thank you. I thank you for this. I know you're at work. I don't understand how this is gonna change or what can be different. You know the heartache, you're still good and I'll worship you. And so maybe it looks like prioritizing worship in the midst of the hard this week. Just saying, you know what, God's bigger than my circumstances and my situation. It's not about my comfort or my ease. It's about you being glorious and you're worthy of my worship. Maybe it just means thanking God, thanking him. Maybe it does mean a sacrifice of worship as I've explained. And maybe for those of you that have a rhythm of worship in your life already, it looks like worshiping by living on mission. God, what is it that you're calling me to do for the furtherance of your kingdom? How is it that I'm proclaiming the gospel in my day today? Regardless of who you are, there's a next step. All of us, we never outpace the gospel. And so what is it that the Lord's asking you to consider as you prioritize worship this week? Let's just agree in a word of prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that to us. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we pray that you would stir our hearts that you would bring clarity as to what our response uh, should be, not out of some uh, rote expectation, but because the truth of the gospel has ignited our hearts. Something is awoken within us and, and we can't just sit idly by. We need to respond to what it is that you've done and who it is that you're calling us to be. We want that breakthrough in our lives for your glory and also for our joy. And so we declare ourselves available. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Excited to, uh, to see you next week as we start a new series. And it's our three-year anniversary, as I'm sure you're going to hear more about. Hope to see you there. Uh, God bless you. Thank you so much for gathering with us today. We encourage you to take time and apply the text and consider how you'll prioritize worship this week. Well, there's no one way to worship. In fact, there are many ways to worship. We just need to remember that worship is a lifestyle and be intentional about it. Now, one way that we can worship together is to sing. And if you're gathered live, we're about to do just that. If you're not with us live, you can find the songs that we're about to sing on Spotify. Just search Center Ray Church and look for our Summer Breakthrough playlist. You can also look for the video that will be posted on our Facebook page. For those gathered live on the online platform, we'll see you on Facebook or Instagram in a few minutes. And we'll see you next Sunday in person at our three-year celebration. Can't wait.